here. Welcome back to another episode of Riding in the Weeds with Ginny and Tash. Today, we are talking about how to get started when you don't want to. So following on from last week, we really wanted to dive into some tips and tricks that we have discovered that will help you get started because we know that motivation is not something that will find you. We really need to develop tools that we can use to create ourselves into the person that we want to be. What we talked about in the last episode was stepping into that feeling of being the person that you want to be in the future and how can you really move into that space. So we're going to keep this pretty short and just give you some ideas that we've gotten along the way. And then we're going to do another episode where we're going to dig a little bit more into the research. But this is just to get us started. And Jenny has some really good notes. So she's going to lead us through this episode. And so yeah, let's get it started. Jenny, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tosh. How are you? I'm doing good. It's raining here, oddly today which i mean is kind of cool because it never rains so it's very hot and rainy and it's not raining here which is also kind of odd so (laughs) based on the winter we've had (laughs) that's good hopefully it'll dry up for you and you won't be in such a muddy space because that i am sure is definitely not helping your desire to get started with a lot of the things that you need to do with the horses when there's mud out there. So let's actually just start with that. What are the tools that you use when you've got just literal mud soup going on outside and you know that not only is it cold leaving your house, but when you get to the barn, it's going to be slippery and mucky and you've got 10 times more work to do because the horses are going to get so mucky. What are your tricks? How do you get going? Well, I think the one that is easy to start with when it comes to the animals is the fact that they have to have care. The sheer fact that they can't care for themselves. And I think this applies to kids too. Sometimes the fact that they are dependent on you is motivating. And sometimes I've heard of people hacking that by pretending that they're a little animal that needs caring for. So that's something you can hack for yourself is how can you care for yourself? Because we require care and the better we care for ourselves, the better we're going to achieve everything. So how can you care for yourself as if you almost think of yourself in third person? That's one way to circumvent the arguments that you have with yourself. Because if you go, well, it's time for me to eat now. It's time to feed the human. It's time to feed the human body. You can kind of hack your way through that. But I have picked up a bunch of stuff. Surprisingly, I mentioned this in the last episode from a book called How to Keep House While Drowning. The book is by Casey Davis, and it's a small book. If you're watching the video, it is not large at all. It's very thin, and it's written in such a way that it's super easy to read. But I think I've gotten just as much business advice out of this book as I have on house cleaning advice. So it should probably just be like how to survive when you feel like you're drowning, because so much of it applies 
across multiple things, not just business, not just keeping house, but just life in general. There's a lot of different things we can talk about. And like I said, I think we're going to spend some more time in the future diving into some of these a little more deeply. But we mentioned in the last episode about taking tiny steps and that sometimes setting a goal that almost seems absurd, it's so small, is the best way to hack that motivation. Can you wash one dish? Can you put your running shoes on? Can you decide you're gonna ride the bike for two minutes? Those things seem silly because they're so small, but if you give yourself permission to only do that, frequently the motivation comes. You get there, you're washing one dish and you're like, well, I might as well wash two. And the next thing you know, you've washed the whole sink. So sometimes that little teeny thing is the easiest way to build on the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And what was popping into my mind as you're talking is if you're listening to this and you're kind of like, that is kind of absurd. What I would suggest you do is find a friend, go on to Focusmate, find a way to get a co-working situation going on and start at the beginning of it and be like, this is the task I'm going to do. And just see how far you actually get through that task. Because if you are listening to this and thinking that's absurd, I can do 500 more things than that. If you're the type of person that needs to leave the house at five o'clock and at five to five suddenly decides that that's when you're going to clean your house, you are sitting there thinking, oh, one tiny step, that's ridiculous. I can do a hundred things. You're like me. And when you sit there and someone says, what's your one priority for this week? You go, well, it's this one. But then there's also this one, this one, and this one. And the idea of just writing one thing down is ludicrous to you because, oh gosh, you can do so many more things. And then you don't do any of them and you feel completely unsatisfied at the end of it. And that's a cycle that most humans are probably in because we do not believe that we need to do exactly what Jenny's talking about. So I'm just going to throw on the other side of that. If you think that that one tiny step is too tiny, then go ahead and set yourself a co-working situation of some sort where you have a timed, bound 20 minutes, 50 minutes, and see how much you really get done. And then I challenge you to go and set a really small task and set that timer, set up that co-working, whatever you need to do, and see how good it feels at the end when you actually achieve that one teeny tiny thing. And then get back to us and let us know how that's working out for you. Well, and I want to run with exactly what you're saying because what you're talking about is a technique called body doubling. And body doubling is helpful and it can be as simple as a co-working session online where someone else is sitting on a computer somewhere in the world working at the same time that you are. And I suppose you could set up a co-working session to clean your room or clean your office. I guess it doesn't even need to be at your computer per se. But it's timed and there's accountability because there's somebody on the other end of that line who is going to ask you at the end of 20 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever, what did you get done? How'd you and do it? Yeah, the Focusmate idea rolls together a couple different things that are all useful, which is a timer 
timers are useful for getting things done. Can you give yourself permission to only wash dishes for five minutes or clean a room for five minutes or work on your business for 15 minutes? And then the secondary part of that is having someone else who's working at the same time you are. So being able to get things done together creates an energy wherever you combine more than one person together, you can get a collective energy going. That's why group programs are so valuable when you're in business or when you're in teaching. Group lessons or group trainings are helpful. They can be uncomfortable for some of us who have anxiety issues, but they're really, really powerful because that collective energy is more than what the percentage of energy would be available to you if you were a single person working on it. So instead of just 100% of energy, you get 200 or 300 because it's an exponential situation. So body doubling and co-working sessions are really powerful ways to get things done. And then when you combine that with the small goal idea or setting goals that seem too small, frequently you'll find that you can easily surpass that goal. But if you set the goal for the amount of work you got done, you might not get it all done. And it's just a weird brain thing uh, that happens. Yeah, it's really cool what happens to you in that co-working space. I find myself like, oh, I need to go and get something. Or, oh, I need to pee. Can I wait until I'm done? And I've really started to notice the little squirrel brain. And then it's like, no, I only got like 20 more minutes. I got to stay focused. I got to get this happening. And then the energetics, I am part of a coaching program and we have a co-working space and when we start the space we actually do like a three two one and part of that is connecting with the energy of all the people in the room and all the people have been in the co-working before and all the people that will come and every time she says that it is unbelievable the energetic feeling that I get and I'm like this is not made up You know, this is not some spiritual thing. Co-working with one person is great. Co-working with a group of people, it is unbelievable how that energetic of all the people focused doing one thing really helps you move towards your goal faster. I think we need to find a little bit of research and find an expert in this to really understand what's going on there. But it's real. We were just talking before we popped on about motivation and how we've done an episode on this. Motivation does not find you. And you cannot find motivation. We were giggling. It's like Facebook, it's not there. It's not in your inbox. Jenny's like, it's not not on Instagram. You're not going to find it there either. Doesn't actually matter how many times you clean your house. That's not going to make you more excited about doing whatever it is you are avoiding. The only way to find motivation is to do exactly what Jenny's talking about. And you want to take a step and get started. And that will get you to where you want to go. Yeah. You're touching on something else there. You're touching on a couple things, really. Rituals and systems, I think, are key to helping to create an energetic space and they help to be able to get you through when you might not have much motivation. And that's something in the barn and with the animals that even with my cats, like I have ways that I do things when I care for them. In the evening, I feed them, I get their food out, and then I go clean the litter box and I have a ritual for a system for how I do that. 
and it allows you to be a little bit automatic in a way. It's just something you don't have to expend any energy thinking about like, oh, am I gonna go do that again? Do I have to do that again? And so when you have a ritual, it's just like you said at the beginning of your co-working session, she has a way of opening the session that sets the energy so that you're building on that. And it's the same every time you do it. And that can help create momentum when you might not have any, just because of the fact that your body goes, oh, this is the way we start this. It's like stretching before you go exercise, or even it can get down to being as small as putting on the clothing that's required for whatever your chosen sport or activity is. When I go ride my bike, I put on my bike shorts and I put on my shoes that I wear on my bike. And I have certain things that I do that help set me up for being able to do that activity. Yeah, and there's so much research around wearing the same clothing every day having the same breakfast every day, eating at the same time, making your lunch the day before, like all of these things just remove those barriers that we have. Every decision we make wears down our thinking ability. We only have a certain amount of space, a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of of critical thinking. All of these things run out as our day goes along. And the more we can do to create less barriers, then the more we're going to get done. And I think it really starts with identifying who do I want to be and what step can I take today, this week, this month, this year that is going to incrementally change my life and then going out and finding a way, body doubling, routines, rituals, small steps, What of these tools is going to help me get to that situation? You are not broken. You are just human. And you are 10 million steps ahead of anybody else out there that isn't willing to ask these questions and is just doing the same thing over and over every day. You're going to fail a hundred times before you actually manage to succeed a lot of the time. So you go back to that whole idea of how long does it take a kid to walk from crawling. They get up, they fall down, they get up. And just imagine if you never actually had persevered through all of those failures. We can go back to at least one thing in our life that we really did achieve through a series of incremental small steps. It's great that parents videotape these things. And you know, when kids are having hard times, they should show them the video of them learning to walk. Look, you got through this. Uh, you know, you got out of the womb, just that first start there, right? You're capable of amazing things. And it is purely just you coming up with a way to actually change today from tomorrow. If you're not liking the results you're getting, you can take small little steps that will enable you to create the motivation, create the momentum in order to get where you're going. And you got to take it easy on yourself. I might be giving myself a pep talk right now because you really, <laughs> you got to be kind, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm just going to stop throwing out really cheesy analogies here. But I think sometimes we just need to be reminded that there's a reason why these things are said over and over and over again. Yeah, 
100%. And to take that even one step further, in the last several years, I have come to realize that I'm definitely neurodivergent. I am likely ADHD as well. Uh, I've never been diagnosed, but I've done enough reading and enough looking at the lists of sort of things and activities that I go, yep, yep, yep. You know, I can check off a lot of the boxes. And one of the things that she highlighted in this book about cleaning house is that sometimes what's efficient for you isn't actually efficient in terms of like actual quote efficiency. Sometimes what we have to do to hack our brains is just being able to do things in a way that might not logically make sense to anyone else, but if it gets the job done, who cares? At that point, it doesn't matter. If you have to wear pink socks when you go exercise, if it gets you out there, who cares? And being willing to be okay with ourselves, because most of us that do things like this recognize to a certain degree that some of it is a little ridiculous. But being willing to do that makes us able to get the job done. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. She actually gives an example in the book that she has a dish drying rack for dirty dishes. (laughs) Because for her, being able to organize the dirty dishes so that she can clean them more efficiently later helps her to actually keep the dishes done. Most people would think it's pretty ridiculous to put dirty dishes in a dish drying rack. But if that's the hack you have to use to get the job done, that's what you need to do. Being willing to be okay with that, again, you're not broken, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the way that you are having to train yourself to get the job done and get the tasks done that are required in your life, whether it's just regular old life or business or fitness goals or nutritional goals, whatever it is, being willing to do things that are a little outside the box and that might not, quote, be efficient. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Yeah, absolutely. And then even doing things that might not be socially acceptable in the way that you were brought up. Last night, we had some friends over and there was dishes. And they were dishes that were going to cause flies. If you're watching the video, there's quite a few flies running around right now. And, you know, I'm three steps away from where they're all hanging out. And I came in and I did the dishes. And I would much rather be sitting, being present with my friends and doing the dishes. But I was like, I got to get these done because two people's dishes is a lot in a camper. But four people's dishes, plus I juiced a pineapple to make the drinks and all the things. And it was funny because my husband took our friends home and came back and he's sitting here and he's like, did you do the dishes while I was gone? I'm like, no, I did the dishes while you guys were sitting talking. And he hadn't even noticed, had no idea I was gone for two minutes in his mind. And I got all the dishes done and it's like, yeah, I would have rather be sitting there hanging out with them. But at the same time, I was able to use that time to get the dishes done, which means I'm not doing them now, which means I made it to this podcast. We are recording. We're making this happen. So all of the things, there are so many things that will get in your way. So how can you clear that deck and put in little things and decide what's the most important and then do your best to show up to everything that you can and understand that sometimes it's not always going to work out. And sometimes you have to change the plan a little bit. 
But when you put certain rules and certain stops and put on your pink socks, then you're taking steps. You're recognizing that you can be in control of this situation. And I think that might be the key to getting started when you don't want to, is that you are actually the one who is driving this bus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the hard reality that we all sort of have to face at some point is that if I don't make those decisions for myself, all I will do is sit there and doom scroll Instagram. And that doesn't make me feel good in the long run. I might be laughing at the funny memes, but it doesn't make me feel good in the long run. And so being willing to go, you know what, having a clean kitchen is more important than sitting here doom scrolling or being able to evaluate those things for yourself honestly, like truly honestly from within and being real with yourself about the outcome of the actions is going to make the biggest difference. It sucks. It's not fun. That's not the fun part of being a human. But I think that's where the third person perspective of yourself, like can you think of yourself as a little animal needing care, needing to be cared for? And well, you need a clean cage, right? Well, Go clean your house, go clean your kitchen for you so that you get to have a nice space. It's all little pieces too. I think I use bits and pieces of every single one of these techniques that we've talked about. And sometimes I use some of them more than others. Some of them like rituals and things. I have my routines and I really don't like it when they're disrupted. In the morning, I like to meditate pretty much first thing. If I don't get up early enough to do it before I feed the cats, I have to do it after I feed the cats. And then I have to make sure I remember to get it done after that. But if something disrupts my morning routine or I get too distracted thinking about all the things I need to jump into, if I'm in a rush that morning because I have some time pressure, it's likely I will forget. And that goes back to that like day 19 thing we talked about in the last episode. And I can't count the number of times I've gotten somewhere between 10 days and 20 days. And somehow I get off track. And part of it is I miss my ritual somehow. Something disrupts my flow. And so those rituals are important. It's important to be present with them and make sure they are serving you. But at the same time, it's nice to not have to think through it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that for our shorty today, this is probably good. Do you have any final points that we have not covered there, Jenny? Or are you feeling like we can wrap this one up? I think we can wrap this one up. There's probably a lot more we can talk about, but this is probably a lot to digest at one time. So even though it was quick, we threw a lot out there. Perfect. All right. So thank you so much for joining us. I really hope that this is going to help you if you are somebody who has trouble getting started with new things or even the old things when you get stopped, as Jenny was just talking about. So I am Natasha Lockie, and I help women get their confidence, rip up the rule book so that they can step into making the action steps that will get them to living the life, stepping into doing the things that they say that they want to do. If I can help you in any way, please reach out to me. I am on Instagram at Betty Gohard, Facebook, Natasha Lockie. You can send me a message, drop a comment anywhere if you're watching this on YouTube, on any of the platforms, and I would love to hear from you. 
How about you, Jenny? Yeah, I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. And if you're having challenges with your pet, whether it's behavior or emotional issues or just life stuff, making things complicated, please reach out to me and I would love to work with you and your pet and help you all get back to harmony in the household a little bit faster. So you can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the same handle. We love having you here today with us on Riding in the Weeds. You can find us on all major podcast platforms and ridingintheweeds.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. We would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or questions that you would want us to answer. And we hope to see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.